Good morning. Name is Masimba Mareverwa. Um, welcome to the Inside Podcast in Focus. Today I have with me Dr. Amit Thakka. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. How was your flight from Kenya? Oh, very, very uh, smooth. <laughs> A direct flight to Cape Town. <laughs> how often do you spend, how, how much time do you spend at home? <laughs> That's a good question. Pre-COVID, it used to be um, uh, quite a frequent travel. I probably spend about 150 nights or 200 nights okay. in a, okay. a year outside. But after COVID, it's reduced by half. Okay. Mm. I guess before we get into your talk, I mean, just find out a little bit about yourself. Mm -hmm. Where are you from? What do you okay. do? So I'm a medical doctor. I grew up in um, Kenya and I studied medicine there. Um, and thereafter, immediately after my qualification, I started a medical company called Avenue Healthcare, became a clinic chain, and it had hospitals and a managed care unit before uh, we sold it to a private equity buyer. Mm -hmm. uh, I studied then uh, health leadership at George Washington University mm -hmm. and an MBA uh, from India. Okay. Then I diversified into health insurance, into other parts of um, Africa as well. And now I run a company called Africa Health Business, mm -hmm. which is a boutique health consulting firm, mm -hmm. uh, advisory firm, investment firm, based out of Nairobi, mm -hmm. but does work in uh, almost 30 countries across Africa. Okay, okay. No, great to hear, great to hear. And look, in terms of Africa Health Business, I know there's a few ancillary businesses attached to that. So I think there's the East Africa Health Federation. Can you That's right. tell us a little bit about that? So one of the um, federations that I started was the Kenya Healthcare Federation to bring all the private sector players together. And from Kenya, we started replicating that to the rest of East Africa and became East Africa Healthcare Federation in 2012. We also went to West Africa, did something similar with the West African countries. And now we have Africa Healthcare Federation, okay. which mm -hmm. takes the seat of advocacy for the private health sector in Africa. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, that, that's lovely. In terms of, just, just to help people understand what, when you have a healthcare federation in a region, as either a healthcare provider or an insurer, what kind of things can they reach, reach out to you for? You know, what's, what's the value that you bring to them? That's a very good question. And you will find that in several circumstances, when you have an industry position paper, you can make a policy change okay. rather than an independent policy paper or a position. Okay. When an individual company tries to shape policy, it most likely shows that they are in self-interest. Yes. When an industry makes a policy uh, position paper, mm. the policy will positively benefit the country. So to influence policy, yes. you need to come as a group. Yes. Okay. I think that's one benefit. Number two is you tend to do private-private partnership. You tend to then do business amongst yourselves as members of the Federation because good reputation, valuable products and services, and cross-border engagement as we do the Continental Free Trade Agreement for Africa, yes. this will lay the platform yes. to do more intra-Africa trade. Okay. So if I was a skeptical yes. and asking about this, so... The East African countries operate as a block. Yes. In Southern Africa, there are more restrictions. Do you see that business model being able to benefit us across the countries as much as in East Africa? Look, I think in Africa, it's pretty clear that we are learning from our brothers and sisters. So sooner or later, 
Southern Africa, we learn from East Africa. East, we learn from the West. So we learn from each other. If we see that GDP has impactfully grown because of common trade against East Africa, Southern Africa countries will adopt the same. It will deal with those challenges. And together, I think we can show that intra-Africa trade will reduce costs of our goods and services and improve the quality. Okay. Okay. No, that, that's a fair point. And I guess maybe just to get back to some of the work you do. So, right. There's, you've had quite a mouthful. And yes. in terms of any, any other roles related either to the state where you work in the public sector, anything else you do in, in, in terms of that, that aspect? That's a good question. Um, and that's a good point. I actually chair currently the Kenya Health Professions Oversight Authority. I was appointed by the Ministry of Health. I have a government position. And the idea there is to regulate the unregulated health cadres. Right now, nine health cadres are regulated in Kenya. Includes doctors, nurses, pharmacists, physiotherapists. But there are about 32 cadres that remain unregulated. Mm. And we've seen the birth of so many new health cadres coming up across the continent. Mm. In Kenya, for example, the opticians were not licensed. Now we've licensed them. The morticians the biomedical engineers. And today I met the case manager association of South Africa, which is like a new cadre. So case managers will also be certified and they'll be absolutely useful in the health financing arena in Africa. So my role at the Kenya Health Profession Oversight Authority is to regulate the unregulated and offer them a professional license. Okay. And I mean, what's quite interesting, I guess, maybe speaking about our part of the world in healthcare is that you have roles that span private and public sector. In our market, people sort of tend to think about them as one or the other. What benefits have you derived from working on both sides of the fence, as we put it? It's, um, it's so, so important, and I've learned so much by being on both sides. You tend to learn how public sector works by working in the public sector. And anyone in the public sector, if they are doing some work in the private sector, they'll understand how private works. So learning how the two systems work will actually enable you to partner more meaningfully. Mm. Mm. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. And I guess maybe just moving on to the conference, is this your first BHF? This is my second BHF. Second BHF. Okay. Okay. How have you found the conference? I think it's been great. The turnout is great. The quality of speakers is so amazing. Uh, I've met several CEO, C-suite and senior manager uh, level individuals who are here, they genuinely want to make a difference in um, the way healthcare financing is being done around the region. I've met several companies who are exhibiting uh, and are keen to show and share their health solutions. Mm. So I found the conference very well planned. I look forward to the next one. Okay, now it'll be great to have you. It's always great <laughs> to have you. And just in terms of your talk, I mean, you had a talk just now. Can you just maybe give us some key highlights on your talk and then I guess maybe we can gauge a little bit further on it. It was, um, my talk was really based around healthcare financing from a patient's perspective and whether these solutions are bankable with the context of the NHI in South Africa. I shared what other countries in the world are doing. I also shared that every country have their own unique challenges um, and every country needs to find the right fit for its healthcare financing solution based on its population, 
based on the number of doctors and the facilities they have, based on financing that's available. So I've shared today the uh, sterling examples from Colombia, Estonia, India, Abu Dhabi, just a few countries which have gone through similar challenges and how they've been able to overcome these challenges and have a large population covered, which is what we aspire to do in Africa, in majority of the countries. I also shared where Kenya is and where Ghana is in their efficiency and administrative costs of the national scheme that they started mm. way before South Africa. Mm. Mm. And uh, having shared this, I believe that the design that South Africa can adopt will be to learn from mistakes made by some countries and not repeat them mm. and accelerate uh, towards a universal health coverage system that mm. will be more effective. Mm. And finally, the point that I make, which I have heard from so many people attending the conference, is about inclusivity. Mm. So I think if South Africa adopts public-private inclusivity mm. and effective stakeholder engagement, I find that the design of NHI will be easy to implement. Mm. If it is highly public sector driven, then it will have obstacles all along the way. Mm. And I mean, it's, it's quite funny you mentioned that because if I think about our health system, and I'm talking about within South Africa, and I guess maybe broader in the region, that's mm -hmm. something we struggle with. I mean, in Kenya, in Ghana, how did you overcome that private-public collaboration? Because I think apart from during COVID, we almost have no collaboration between the two. Yes. Um... I think for any kind of collaboration, you need dialogue. First, what Ghana did and what Kenya did, both of them, and many other countries in Africa, is there should be a genuine public-private dialogue. To do that, we need to build trust. We need to build a model that enables both public and private genuinely trust the reason why they're engaging. And and that trust is what will foster the movement of policies and engagement to be very effective. So I think the first step is dialogue and you build trust. We're still building trust in Kenya, for example. It's mm. not like we're already at a very high level, but we've begun. Mm. The fact that public and private have agreed to coexist, mm. it's not one against the other. Mm. It cannot be. And I can tell you in South Africa, it can't be. If anyone thinks it will either be public or private, they are 100% wrong. Mm. It needs to coexist in an effective manner so that households are protected and health is provided. Can it be done? Yes. And this is what I shared this morning, mm. that so many countries have had a mixed model of public and private working together mm. with some amazing results. Okay. And just to go back to when you're talking about Africa health business, because that private-public collaboration, yes. you know, it does need some structure. Yeah. So, you know, you know, whether it's Africa health business, whether it's BHF, is that the role of the industry body to sit in that gap and get the collaboration? Because, you know, it, there does need to be some coordination, some structure. Totally. So how does that happen? Absolutely. In fact, what we have seen in healthcare, the healthcare body 
or the organization which we are calling the country federations is the best way to start dialogue. To be on the table and have an equal say on issues that affect the private sector and have a representative body. We have made great progress in South Africa with the industry in moving towards forming Healthcare Federation of South Africa, HFSA, which would be the umbrella healthcare body that engages government openly and fairly in a constructive manner to form solutions. Mm. You cannot have an engagement with the private sector when the private sector is fragmented because who do you speak with? Yeah, 100%. So this is the role uh, that the federation in some countries it's called the private sector alliance in some countries it's called the chamber so whatever name we give it but it's an umbrella organization mm. that's inclusive of all the health stake stakeholders okay and if i sort of take the east africa model yes so you know at bhf they they represent about nine countries yes so yeah. you know then the question is what about namibia what about Botswana? what about zimbabwe what right. about zambia absolutely um I I tend to think that South Africa will inspire all the neighboring countries. Um, if I use East Africa as an example, it was Kenya's forward leap that inspired Uganda, Rwanda, and all the other, other countries to join in Ethiopia. The same way I think if South Africa takes the forward step, I think Namibia, Botswana, and many other neighboring countries will follow suit. What would need to be done is to replicate the federation in South Africa mm. with the federation in Lesotho, in Botswana, in Zambia. And many of them are ready. They've heard this. They've seen it. Mm. So half the work is done. Okay. 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 Not something definitely to look forward to. <laughs> and I guess maybe just to, you know, for someone who didn't attend the conference, you know, the theme of the conference is focusing on the patient. Mm. How does your talk align with the, with the patient? The yeah. You see, the patient is part of a household. And my talk was households are facing unpredictable healthcare costs when they have to pay out of pocket. So many households slide into poverty due to unexpected healthcare costs in their family. This is known as catastrophic expenses. So as far as the patient is concerned, the idea is to reduce catastrophic expenses. It's to reduce households going into poverty. It's for all of us to find a solution to have families covered, children covered, mothers covered. That will give them a healthy life and they'll give them hope and you wouldn't have sickness affecting household progress. That is what we need to do. When we don't have a good medical scheme or medical schemes in countries, many of these households have to pay out of pocket and they get really, really affected. Yeah. And this is what we need to solve as uh, healthcare stakeholders today. So my talk was uh, showing examples of that. My talk was around how patients would be more at ease once they have a decent healthcare cover, either from an employer or from the government, either which way. Okay, okay, okay. No, thanks for that. Thanks for that. And I guess maybe just before we wrap up, 
Yes. You do quite a bit of work yeah. in, in a few places. Mm-hmm. So in terms of Africa Health Business, you know, BHF Conference, we're yes. sort of a day from the end. Do you guys have any conferences coming up? Anything That's a good related? question. I invite all the listeners uh, to join us at our eighth edition of the Africa Health Business Symposium, which is taking place in Johannesburg on 29th and 30th June at the Santon Hilton. Uh, the idea behind the conference this year in Johannesburg is to unravel the role of the private sector in the new public health order. Mm. As you know, we have five key pillars under the new public health order, which is being spearheaded by Africa CDC. Uh, and the role of the private sector is going to be very critical, including local manufacturing, uh, action-oriented partnerships, uh, enhancing the diagnostics in Africa, so on and so forth. So it's a two-day program. Uh, join us. I hope you'll be there. No, definitely. And uh, you'll be there. And so many African countries are going to participate uh, in person. And, and something I've noticed, for example, I mean, I follow you guys in your socials. Yes, I know you've got the conference coming up. Yes, but, you know, I've benefited quite a bit from some of the online programs you have. You know, you'll have these talks once a month, once every two weeks. Yes. I guess during COVID, maybe not yes. as much. Now, can you tell us a little bit about those and where do people go? How do they find them? How do they subscribe? How does it work? So we've tried to create the community of practice. And this community of practice is of healthcare professionals, healthcare individuals, healthcare organizations. So it's built over time. Uh, what do we do? We send content out whether it's healthcare financing, whether it's diagnostics, whether it's human resources for health, or whether it's digital health, the idea was to push out content. We heard earlier today that social media is playing an important role in healthcare. So we are leveraging on our social media to send out content that people are consuming. And then through that, we're creating a community of practice. And when we have webinars, or when we have... um, say round tables mm. and online virtual engagements, it, it's become so much easier. And I'm hoping that even this podcast, we would be able to share with the community of practice that we have um, created online. Okay, hopefully we can make it good. <laughs> is, in terms of, so that, if that's the Africa Health Business Act, yes. in terms of the Kenya Health Federation, East African Federations, are there any conferences, events, webinars, etc.? How do people engage with those? Yes. So once a year, the East Africa Healthcare Federation has its own event and it keeps rotating around the seven countries and maybe soon eight countries with DRC joining. So every September, we have an event that's taking place around the region. So BHF can engage with the federation conferences as well. Okay, okay. That's lovely, that's lovely. I guess I guess from my yeah. side is that, you know, it's been great chatting, great to know a little bit more about the work that you do. Thank you for coming this way. So thank you. Privilege. Well, it's great to see you. Thank you. And I guess I'll probably see you in Johannesburg on the 29th and the 30th. I look forward to seeing you there. Okay. Take care. Thanks for your time. Okay.